fighting for freedom every day. Broadcasting from the heartland of America, the next generation in conservative talk radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it, man. Your pre-Friday celebration. You're finally here. You see the light at the end of the tunnel. We are on the way to another great weekend here. And we're going to take you there one day at a time. So wonderful to have you along for the ride today. This is The Voice Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations and TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. So wonderful to have you along for the ride. No guests today. You and I chit in the chat, doing the thing. We stared each other across the bar room. And we solve the world's problems with a drink in our hand and common sense in our minds, which is what we do on the show usually each and every day. Even though I am part of that millennial generation, I'm terribly sorry about that. I swear that we'll get our act together and get things fixed. (laughs) At least some of us will. We'll be the representation for the proper side of things. we got a lot to talk about today, obviously. We are getting closer to elections. I won't spend a whole lot of time on election stuff because we've been focusing a lot of time on that and there's other things going on right now but i have to say as we do look at the campaign trail there is a new rumor about donald trump have you heard the news what's trending today donald trump did you know now this comes in lieu of the epstein list that came out and all the sex scandals that are going on and everybody that was going to epstein island now with donald trump did not go to epstein island there is potential alleged claims that he had gone to Epstein's mansion and that he was fond of a particular individual back in the day then. But uh, that's about it. But did you know that now there's a new claim out there that he's sick on the campaign trail? He's a little tired. If you remembered last week when he was in Iowa, that he was sluggish. He was dragging his feet a little bit. Now, he's not scuffling like Joe Biden. He's not slurring his words like Joe Biden, but he's scuffling a little bit. He's kind of low energy and hasn't been as feisty on the campaign trail talking in front of the rallies anymore. He's just a little tired. And somebody has a theory about this. There's a story that talks about Trump having hand cuts, and you can link to it. They don't look like cuts to me. They look like sores. And I've asked a number of MDs what medical condition manifests itself through hand sores, and the answer is immediate and unanimous, secondary syphilis. All right? I think there, I think there's a good chance this man has to clap. Oh, <laughs> uh, there it is. Donald Trump now has syphilis on the campaign trail, everybody. Did you know that? Did you know? Were you aware? Donald Trump having so much fun on the campaign trail at almost 80 years old that he's now got the syphilis and he's just doing whatever he wants. He can get away with anything, right? He can sleep with whoever he wants to and he's got the syphilis at 80 years old. (laughs) Oh, I love the theories. I love this. Now, that was a guy by the name of James Carville. Not sure who that is. Who the f*** is that guy? I I don't really know. who. I'm kidding. That guy's supposedly some type of political consultant for the years, but he was on a podcast or a show or something, and uh, he was in his home with his cowboy hat or with his ball cap on, and I tell you what, I've been listening to doctors, and he's got the clap. And I've asked a number of MDs what medical condition manifests itself through hand sores, and the answer is immediate and unanimous. Secondary syphilis. Mm. All right. Mm. I think there, I think there's a good chance this man has to clap. <laughs> that is going to be my new favorite audio clip on this show. I think the man has the clap. All right. 
if you look at the video, which is, this is stupid. I mean, this is nothing more than a distraction. This is just another attempted way to bring him down a little bit. Oh, he's sleeping around. Now, he's at a funeral with his wife because Melania's mother passed away. So he's at a funeral. He waves his hand, and he's got three sores on his hand, one on his thumb, one uh, on his pointer finger, and one at the base of his pointer finger. Three kind of, they look kind of red, a little bloody, and they look kind of like sores. To me, now, if you Google, I trust me, I don't know anything about this disease because I've never had this, thank God. And we all know how we get that. So that's not going to happen. But if you just Google syphilis and you look up the images, it's like, it's almost like chickenpox. It's bumps all over your body. It's like, or at least all over a certain region. And a lot of times it does show up on your hands, but it's all over. All over. You got the whole, he's got three spots one on his thumb one on his pointer finger one at the base of his pointer finger they almost look like blood blisters like a, just that he had popped a blister from doing something with his hands i don't know what he was doing but they look like blisters they're not tiny little things that are just scattered all over his entire hand like every other google image of syphilis but man <laughs> our new favorite clip of the show that's the latest attack on donald trump don't mind uh, Bill Clinton, who's been to Epstein Island like 37 times or whatever. Don't mind the fact that we have all these other politicians that are doing some really shady things. No, no. Donald Trump. All right. I think there, I think there's a good chance this man has to clap. <sighs> there we go. Welcome into the program. This is The Voice of Reason. So wonderful to have you discuss the ridiculous stories of the day. Let's get into some real issues here, shall we? What's trending today? By the way, speaking of, real quickly, just on Donald Trump for just a moment, then I promise we'll get off this topic, not outside of the syphilis thing, but there is, uh, Don Jr. was on Newsmax uh, earlier today talking about the potential VP pick. Now, Donald Trump said he has already chosen a VP, and he may just be teasing that because he knows how to tease. That's what he does as a PR guy. But there's now all these speculations of what the vice president may be and who it may be on the campaign trail. Now we have Vivek Ramaswamy that's potentially in the realm because of how feisty he is helping out Donald Trump in New Hampshire. We have, of course, Carrie Lake that's potential name. Christine Nome's name's been thrown out there since Donald Trump says he wants a female. But then on the Republican side, on the men, there's a lot of names that have been dropped as well, including some very interesting ones is Don Jr., has kind of dropped a few names during the latest chat with Newsmax earlier. It's hard. You know, they, they, people do that. Like, you know, I, I, I would do whatever I could to make sure it wasn't Nikki Haley. But, uh, you know, but like around DeSantis, could I see you know, You're never going to rule out someone that is, you know, a leading contender. It doesn't mean that's who you go with. I could see other people. That would be great. I'd love to see, you know, a J.D. Vance. I'd love to see a Tucker Carlson. I'd love to see, you know, people who are just principally, uh, you know, in alignment as well as like aggressive. I, you, you actually need a fighter. The Republicans in Washington, D.C. are weak. You can have the House, the Senate, and they'll still roll over. It Don, matter. is your dad serious uh, about Tucker Carlson? Are those rumors serious? I would imagine, you know, listen, that's clearly it would be on the table, right? I mean, they're, they're, they're very friendly. I think they agree on virtually all of these things. They certainly agree on stopping the never-ending wars. Uh, and so, you know, I, I would love to see that happen. And, you know, that, that would certainly be a contender. Whoa. Could you imagine a Tucker Carlson VP? Now, I don't personally think that's going to happen. Uh, Tucker Carlson, if you're watching any type of media, he's blasting out his new network, his own Tucker Carlson network, obviously with his Carlson on X show that he's doing, getting still 13 to 20 million hits per episode every time that he pops that out there. So he's still dominating any type of network uh, TV program out there, but he's launching his new media company. I don't quite know what that would do to benefit him to be a vice president, but an interesting speculation nonetheless. The tease from the Trump administration, the PR that they do, the teasing that they do to get people riled up and excited is second to none. 
They are masters at being able to keep people on the edge of their seats and anticipate what may happen from them moving forward. And I find that kind of interesting. So we'll see who the VP is on the Democrat side. There's still another speculation that Michelle Obama may be jumping into that race, as according to the latest columnist from the New York Post, says that the Democrats need a superhero, need some kind of savior in the party, and the only people powerful enough and sexy enough and celebrity style enough to do that would be the Obamas, and Michelle Obama has been making her appearance on the daytime TV shows and podcasts and other places as well. So we could see Michelle Obama still rise to that challenge, be that Gandalf riding on the great white horse to come and save the day, and... At the end for the Democrats, I don't know whether that's the case. There is a headline on Drudge that shows that Biden's up in the polls on on Trump. There are every other poll that's out there shows that Donald Trump is still up anywhere between 5 to 15 points over Joe Biden, depending on what state you're looking at, but even including many of the swing states in the country that are desperate for them to win. So that's all I have for the election update, but it's interesting speculation. We'll see, number one, whether Donald Trump actually has syphilis, because (laughs) that's apparently the big story of the day now, and that could Tucker Carlson or Ron DeSantis even be that VP running mate for Donald Trump in 2024. Okay, let's really get into the real issues here, shall we? What's trending Now today? that we're getting closer to the final date, tomorrow, Friday, uh, January, I almost said December, January 19th of 2024 is the ending of phase one of the federal continuing resolution. There is a tentative agreement to extend the continuing resolution until March. If you're going to do that, we might as well just do a stupid omnibus package until October because we're just months away from that. We're already halfway through the fiscal year. I don't know why this is so damn difficult to actually get a federal budget. Your job, your one job, you had one job, man, and your single job is to actually get this budget done by the time you're supposed to, which was the end of September last year. And that hasn't happened. So we're still bickering, debating, waffling on in the air and what's going to happen here. But the big hang up right now includes immigration and Ukraine. Democrats are adamant that we still continue to fund more money into Ukraine, hundreds of millions of dollars, billions almost into Ukraine as well uh, to keep fighting Russia, while Republicans, thank goodness, are staying strong. And conservative caucus, Marjorie Taylor Greene, And Chip Roy, I love you guys. You know I support you. You know I'm all there. At the same time, let's start questioning ourselves on whether we want to keep this talk up about ousting Mike Johnson. I know it's kind of a fear tactic of, oh, hey, we'll remove you and we'll throw the house back into chaos again. So kind of do our bidding. If that's the angle that you're approaching at this, okay, I kind of understand that. But at the same time, we need to do be rational about this and realize that, hey, we need some stability and that we're standing our ground at least more so than we ever have before. It still may not be enough, but we're standing our ground more so than we ever have before. As Mike Johnson sat down with Laura Ingram last night to also talk about what's going on uh, with the Ukrainian funding bill, saying that they're not going to get funding for Ukraine until we actually pass a substantial bill on immigration and actually lock down the southern border. Yeah, President Trump is not wrong. He and I have been talking about this um Uh, pretty frequently. I talked to him uh, night before last about the same subject. We don't have the text of whatever the Senate has cooked up yet. And and so we have to reserve judgment, I think, to see what comes out of it. It doesn't sound good uh, at the outset. But what I told the the President Biden at the White House today is the same thing that I've been saying to him since I was handed the gavel to become Speaker. And that is, our border, our national border, is national security. And we have to talk about the safety and the, the, the security and the sovereignty of America before we talk about anything else that has to be top of mind that's what the american people demand that's what they deserve and that's what the house republicans are united around so that is the battle and we got to get it done 
That is the battle. Newt Gingrich, surprisingly, which I like Newt Gingrich. He was a relatively good conservative at the time that we needed him in the 90s against Bill Clinton. Newt Gingrich has even come out and told Republicans to hold strong and stay strong against the Democrats on this border issue. We finally are beginning to stand on one issue. And if we can stand on one issue, and if we are victorious at the end of this one, it will be a domino effect into other issues. Because then Democrats realize that, well, maybe they are going to stand and actually say and do what they say they're going to do. Maybe Republicans will actually not waver and not cower and not back down and actually fight for what they believe in. And while they may get angry, they'll also deep down, at least most individuals, deep down will really respect the Republican Party. They might even respect those elected officials because they won't cower and they won't be hypocrites in compromising on what they believe in. I think at this time we have to ask the simple question of WWKMD. What would Kevin McCarthy do? <laughs> oh, if you ever have you ever have that moment where like, oh man, I really hate my job right now, and then you think about the other jobs that you've had that really really stink, and it kind of gives you the motivation to be like, okay, I can keep doing this because I don't want to go back to that. I want to remind conservatives right now with Mike Johnson, while we may not be getting everything we want at this moment, let's go back to Kevin McCarthy for a second and let's look at him in his, in this situation right now and what he would have done if he were still Speaker of the House right now. It would already be over. There wouldn't even be a compromise. It would already be done. He would have signed on with any Democrat bill that would have came across. He would have already funded Ukraine. It would have gotten it before the holidays, and we wouldn't even have this conversation, and we would not have a chance at all to be able to lock down the border or at least pass some type of substantial immigration bill. It would already be over. WWKMD. And when you think it that way, well, we're actually doing okay for the time being. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. 24 minutes past the hour. Welcome back into it. So great to have you with us here on a Thursday. So we have the Republican Party that is trying to stand their ground. Now, they're still threatening to oust uh, Mike Johnson, or they're threatening to at least kill a lot of the bills, the uh, spending bill especially right now as the tentative extension of the continuing resolution goes into March. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, not too happy about that one. He claimed in there he agreed with other conservatives, everything that we said. So there's, what? there's going to be a new deal drawn up, and that's what we're in the process of doing. I'm totally okay with that as well. This $1.7 trillion monstrosity is a bit ridiculous, but that's what they've done. That's what they've done. This They've passed these bills that are just huge and it's a happy it tries to be the middle of the road happy compromise that mike johnson has to do and look i don't take anything away from the job and the position that he's in because he has to win over two entire different caucuses and the vast amount of each of caucus that he possibly can to come up with a happy medium and there are the fringe left that says we're not going to pass anything unless it's everything that we absolutely want and there's the the i don't like to say fringe right but there is the uh more conservative individuals that say that we won't pass any house funding bill until we actually get our finances back in order. And that makes more sense, at least to me, in this country. When it comes to the immigration and the Ukrainian funding, they are tied together, thankfully, and Democrats don't like that. But guess what? They tie everything else together as well. You're not allowed to pass transportation unless you do green energy stuff along with it. What? What? What are we doing here? You're not allowed to pass uh, any type of energy bill unless you pass some type of gun control with it. What? 
And if you don't pass that, then you don't like the military. Like, <laughs> these are those questions. You ever see those memes on social media? They're like, what's 2 plus X if the chicken runs across the road? And you're sitting there scratching your head. That's the policies that Democrats have come up with. Those are like the rules of the game that Democrats have come up with throughout the years. They're the child that just likes to overturn the board game and change the rules in the middle of it when they start to lose. Well, guess what? We're using your policy now that if you're trying to pass a bill, cool, but we're going to get something out of it as well. And we will stop Ukrainian funding until you actually pass immigration. In fact, we don't even to pass immigration. All we have to do is have Joe Biden reverse a few of his executive orders, actually allow border security to do what they're supposed to do. And voila, just like magic, everything starts working the way it's supposed to. Yeah, Laura, no one is strong arming me. I told the president, I looked right across the table from him in the cabinet uh, officials room. And I said, Mr. President, you have the authority right now to end this catastrophe. It's your actions that created it. In fact, Mr. President, I told him in the meeting today, we've documented 64 instances of you taking executive actions in your agencies that created this catastrophe. Mr. President, it's on you to unwind it. We don't need new laws. You can do it right now. I've cited to him, read him the legal authority on the phone on Thursday of last week that he could take. And you know what he said in the meeting, Laura? He said, we're ready to do big things on the border. Well, hallelujah, Mr. President. President Biden, do your job. Fix the catastrophe that you've created. It's an unspeakable humanitarian catastrophe, a national security catastrophe. 302,000 people came over the border in but December they know alone. This. That was on Laura Ingram last night with Speaker of the House Mike Johnson. Stand your ground. Stand your ground. It's that simple. Stand the ground and don't back down. And until you actually get something substantial, and I'm not talking about that James Langford and Chuck Schumer immigration bill that is a bit of a disaster as you know we have senator james lankford on the show often we're going to get him on the show to talk about this and ask why we came up with such a ridiculous bill he's been all over the immigration issue and we've had him on for months talking about how focused he is on immigration and he's been a staunch supporter to try and lock down and fix the border so i don't know what this bill was uh, i'm assuming maybe that this is just a quote-unquote starting point that they came to a, a kind of a rough draft of a bill that was supposed to be built upon, but I can guarantee you that if they try to send that off to the uh, to the House side, it's not going to work at all. And most Republicans in the Senate probably won't support that bill either after talking to U.S. Senator Roger Marshall just a day or so ago. So I don't think that bill is going to go anywhere. We need absolute tough immigration law to come in, to lock things down, to not let anybody just willy-nilly walk across the border and to fix it. And if you do that, Democrats, and if you get on board... Then we'll consider, consider Ukrainian funding. Consider it. But we're the big boys in the conversation now. We're the parents. And we'll decide based on your behavior. And is your behavior good enough right now? Go back to your room. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. So wonderful to have you with us here for a Thursday moving through. By the way, we got a great guest lined up tomorrow, Greg Phelps, as we talk about a new pro, an interesting concept, a program that we've kind of talked about a little bit is how do you get children to actually you know, follow a moral code. And I know they want to experiment. They're getting, they're growing up, doing things. But there's a new program out there that talks about abstinence and how that kind of counters the current adult activities conversation that public education schools have 
for the children at younger and younger age for some reason. And we'll talk about the stats on that. Kind of an interesting conversation. So we'll have uh, him on the program tomorrow. You're not going to want to miss that one. Until then, though, it's just kind of you and I chitting the chat, doing our thing. I want to tell you about my friends over at Americans for Prosperity. Sign up at prosperityispossible.com. Super easy to do, prosperityispossible.com. Sign up for the email, and boom, you're a member. You can do this. It's super easy. You can get information on getting set up for the election this year, on ways to battle Bidenomics, and remember that prosperity is not dead. The golden, uh, you know, the golden streets, the streets paved with gold, and the opportunity for everyone, you know, come here and let us take care of you and give you the freedom that you deserve from all over the world. We are the most gracious, welcoming nation on the face of the earth, and even when we do immigration policy that allows people to come in legally but make sure people can't just walk across the border and commit crimes or do whatever that they're going to do that we're still the most gracious wonderful nation on the face of the earth and we welcome in more people around the world than any other nation on the face of the earth so we have to be very proud of that and because of that people should be proud of being an american and wanting to be in the united states and take full advantage of what america has to offer which is freedom Laissez-faire capitalism and individual sovereignty, which you get to enjoy, and the government does everything they can to try and take away. Don't let that happen. Prosperityispossible.com, great partners with us here on the show. We had Kurt Couchman on the show from AFP yesterday, which was, I thought, a great topic. So uh, real quickly, as we wrap up and kind of shift gears a bit, the immigration debate that is starting to chip away at Democrats, which is good news. There was a bill that was passed, a non-binding resolution that was passed yesterday, Resolution 957, where the House passed it 225 to 187. Now, if you know the makeup right now of the House of Representatives, that means more Democrats signed on to it than not, or that they at least we got some Democrats to to come on over. In fact, 14 Democrats were able to come over and vote with Republicans on this resolution that condemns the Biden administration on their open border policy. So there's even a fraction of the Democrats that are starting to realize whether it's because they truly believe it or whether it's because in its election season and they want to stand strong for their purple district and not get voted out because they're supporting some type of Democrat policy open border, that they they supported Republicans' resolution to condemn the Biden administration for the border security crisis right now, while the rest of the Democrats are, you know, not these aren't the droids you're looking for. Just move on by. Nothing to see here. Move along, sir. But 14 Democrats, many of them coming from the Texas area, obviously, were on board with this one to try and show that support and condemning what the Democrats consider open borders on the Biden administration. And like Mike Johnson said earlier, is that, yeah, we could fa- we don't have to pass a bill. We don't even have to pass a bill. All you have to do is just enforce the laws that are on the books and repeal a few executive orders. Yeah, Laura, no one is strong-arming me. I told the president, I looked right across the table from him in the cabinet uh, official's room, and I said, Mr. President, you have the authority right now to end this catastrophe. It's your actions that created it. In fact, Mr. President, I told him in the meeting today, we've documented 64 instances of you taking executive actions in your agencies that created this catastrophe. Mr. President, it's on you to unwind it. We don't need new laws. You could do it right now. Again, WWKMD, what would Kevin McCarthy do? Kevin McCarthy would not be saying that. And that things, I, I think that right there, we need to applaud and say that we're moving in the right direction. At least more so than what we used to. At least more than what we used to. I want to shift gears, though, and talk about something a little bit different for just a moment. There is, obviously, now that we're going into a new year, we're almost into it now that we're officially into election season in most places. There are many state Republican parties that are looking to change up their platforms. I don't know why we need to change platforms, but apparently we have to change platforms. We need to update our stances on issues. And I 
advocate. I know we have we're in multiple states right now. We're in multiple radio stations, but uh, we have a lot of listeners, obviously, here in Kansas. And I want to use Kansas for just an example where I'm coming out of right now, because I have heard from at least three or four other states that are trying to do the same thing. But Kansas kind of being the trendsetter on certain topics uh, that we are leading the trend on certain conversations. And one of them coming out of Kansas is attempting to change the Republicans' platform, meaning what the Republican Party in the state actually stands for. Now, at the RNC on the national level, we have our basic principles that we believe in limiting government, we believe in individual sovereignty, we believe in it. It goes goes down the whole list of, as a Republican, this is what I stand for. And it's good to have... Not necessarily the fact that all politicians actually stand for it, because (laughs) you can imagine that, I don't know, Kevin McCarthy and Liz Cheney and Mitt Romney and Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski and Jeff Flake and so many others that were out there uh, that didn't follow the Republican platform, but they said that they were Republican. They just had that R in front of their name to swoo some of the voters that uh, were in their districts. But when you look at a platform, I I have to ask you the question, what exactly does a Republican platform look like? What is it supposed to entail? You can go two different routes here. And this is one of them, I think, is a dangerous route that we that we're going towards and that some are trying to hijack to do because they have their own personal views that I think is a very dangerous slope. And it's not to take away from the personal opinion or views or beliefs of them, but it's just to try to approach the tactic in just a different, slight, different slightly different manner. Andy, what do you mean by that? Well, the Kansas Republican Party, for example, and again, this is not just in Kansas, but this is trying to be attempted in numerous different states right now, are proposing, according to uh, the headlines, they're trying to um, create a platform that condemns specific things in society, including same-sex marriage, abortion, and gun control. They don't like same-sex marriage. They don't like abortion. They don't like gun control. So they want to update the the state party platform to specifically mention those things and put it into the Republican platform for the party. And I get it. Look, I mean, personally, my own personal views, do I believe in same-sex marriage? Not necessarily. Do I care if somebody else does it? I don't really care. Whatever. That's them, not me. I'm more laissez-faire on that. When you do you, you do me. As long as you're not enforcing it onto me, I don't really care. Live your life, dude. Do I believe in abortion? I don't. I'm a strong follower of uh, pro-life organizations all over the country, statewide, locally, wherever I may be, I support those. Do I support gun control? Absolutely not. I'm on the board for the Kansas State Rifle Association. I support freedom of the Second Amendment and for those to be able to carry their firearms to protect themselves and their family. Absolutely. But there are certain ways to approach these issues. And looking at a platform for a party, you have to take, there's one of two ways you can do it. You can go down the list and list every single topical item of the day and and every flavor of the day and say, we support this, we don't support this, we condemn this, we support this, we endorse this, we condemn this, we support this. And you can go down the entire list. And if you want to do that, that's fine. To me, that shows the mindset of kind of a bigger government mindset because you you feel like you have to be included in every single issue and flavor of the day. And every flavor of the day and every topic changes on a day-to-day basis. As opposed to the basic principles. And there's a difference between a stance on an issue and standing on principle. And the principle of the issue is that we're conservative. We believe in limited government. We believe in the government letting people live their lives as an individual and individual sovereignty and individual freedom. We believe in the Constitution that endorses the Second Amendment. 
We believe in the right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, or life, liberty, and private property, my three pillars of conservatism that I talk about on the show. And if you support those in, in principle, you take those stances, and then no matter what issue comes up, we apply those principles to the issue. So you can release a statement and saying the party condemns this issue or condemns this bill or condemns this act or, or we support this or we support that. You can do that, but it doesn't have to be on the grounds of the actual platform and the party principles platform of what we, this is. When you go to the Republican Party's website and you're like, what do you stand for? And it has this entire list. You can break it down to the basic principles and then apply it to every issue. The problem is, is that there are some that, and rightfully so, I get it, everybody has their own faith and belief systems, but there are some that are on the more um, active religious sense that feel like the religious tone needs to be included into the party platform. And while I respect the faith, because obviously I'm of the same faith and I have the same belief system, I believe that there's a better way to make the arguments for the Republican Party and the conservatives. And again, this is not just one single state or one single party. This is the RNC as a whole. Take notes here for you, shall we? Because this is going to win people over when we have the dialogue and we have conversations with people. We have a young generation that views issues vastly different than those that are in their 60s and 70s. Entirely different generation. Entirely different stance on issues, entirely different view and outlook of the world. And we have to appeal to them unless you want the party to die off. And if you approach it through the sense of a moral structure, through a religious connotation to try and apply it to the Constitution, as opposed to going the opposite direction of applying the Constitution and relating it to where it benefits us on our own personal views and religious views and moral views and so on and so forth, then I think that we're going to get two different outcomes. Andy, what do, you, what do you mean by that? If you use the Constitution, for example, which is the way I've always said it, the Constitution supports and endorses our religious beliefs as a Judeo-Christian nation for the most part. When we believe in the right to life, liberty, and property, we can apply that to abortion, for example, because, well, Andy, you know, the right to the human being, yes, but then the fetus obviously is a human being it's a living thing so therefore it has the right to life just as much as anybody else so the constitution applies to it and by default supporting our religious views on the issue by having it specifically mentioned as a platform in the party we're now eventually and it may not be the intention but eventually becoming a big party government uh, government party that tries to impose our views onto other people just as much as we criticize the other side imposing ours because, well, this is what we morally believe in and this is what we believe based on our religious views and therefore we have to have it in our documents of what we stand for. Cool, but it almost creates kind of a moral law, which we have to remember that government cannot regulate morality. That has to be done at an individual level. We lead by example. We lead by that family value. We lead by what we stand for, and we are that beacon of light and that example in the community instead of imposing it through government law and platforms of political parties that may take people away and make them disinterested within the party. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. Last couple of minutes on the show. All right, show of hands, how many people did I upset in that last segment? <laughs> no, Andy, we have to have a specific agenda platform for every topical issue, and we have to show exactly that we are 
the one to stand for morality and religious views and so on and so forth, which, you know, cool. We all have that. The vast majority of the Republican Party does. If I could write the platform, not just for state Republican parties, but for the RNC as a whole, it would be very simple. Very simple. It would be very simply the fact that we support the free market and we support free enterprise and capitalism. I would say that we support individual sovereignty and that we have the right for people to believe any way that they want to, as long as it does not infringe upon anybody else. We would uphold the three pillars of conservatism that we've coined on this program, which is the right to life, the right to liberty, and the right to private property. Life, liberty, and private property. If you can defend someone's life and you don't harm it, if you do not in, uh, intrude upon someone's liberty to live the way they want to, harm, you know, to do things that they want, believe the way that they want to, if you don't do that, then they're cool. And as long as you don't infringe upon someone else's private property, then all the power to you. And that's kind of a libertarian stance. I get it. But that's the way I view it. And then when you want to try and change culture, you lead by example. We can't rely on government to do it because if we're trying to put government in there to regulate morality, first off, government doesn't regulate morality. It regulates the opposite. It kind of encourages the opposite to happen. But when you have government be so involved in issues like that, especially a party, then you end up becoming the big government oppressor like you're accusing the other side of actually doing themselves. We don't want to do that. We are not the hypocrites. We are the ones that actually stand on values and morals and ethics, and we do that by limited government and we lead by example within the community when you have that family unit when you have that happy home when you say that you don't need to go get an abortion because you may have made a mistake but we can actually take care of it as a family when we try and teach the proper things like abstinence or with safe adult activities or uh, learning about i don't know consequences say do what you will but at the end of the day then you could actually see an STD, you could see a pregnancy, and you can't walk away from it. You have to accept those responsibilities and take it like a man or a woman, and you can't just walk away and just give up and just pretend it didn't happen and just use that magic erase button because it doesn't work that way. When we teach values of hard work and taking responsibility and the family values and the importance of a family unit, then guess what? You lead by example that way. You don't have to do that through the government. You can't do that through the government. And that's what I don't want the party to try and go down this road of a very complicated platform. It should be very simple. We support the right to life, liberty, and private property, free enterprise and capitalism, and limited government with a balanced budget and transparency. Pure and simple. End of story. Every issue that comes out that way, every issue that comes up can apply to those principles. There's a difference between having a platform based on principles and having a platform just based on a list of random issues that you want to say that we really stand against or we really stand for. Because to me, that doesn't make any sense. And if you do it that way, then every flavor of the day that comes out every couple of years, you're going to have to update that thing. And that's just a really stupid way to run a party when you want it to be consistent and you want to be able to win people over to really enjoy the fact that they have freedom. They have freedom to think for themselves. They have freedom to enjoy themselves. On the gun issue, it's very simple. We support the Constitution of the United States that says that you have the Second Amendment for the right to keep and bear arms. Period. End of story. So any bill that comes out above that or any idea that comes out above that trying to regulate firearms, trying to take away firearms, no. What are you doing? Okay, well, guess what? We're supporting this Constitution with a Second Amendment that says you have the right to keep and bear arms and it shall not be infringed. Period. End of story. That's all you got to do. I don't know why we make this so complicated. 
But there's, I think, some power-hungry people in certain parties, and even within the Republican Party, unfortunately, at statewide levels all over the country, that are looking to really make their, impose their wills, thinking that it's for the betterment of humanity. And I hate to tell you, but there are those on the other side that are doing the same thing, and that's why we criticize them. Stop imposing your will upon us and stop having the overbearing government try to control what we're doing. We're sick of that, and that's why my generation, the millennial generation, are more than ever, and the Gen Zs behind me and so on and so forth, that there are more of them walking away from the two-party system. There are more of them walking away from the Republicans, becoming independent, becoming libertarian, becoming just unaffiliated, because they may have conservative principles, but you're not going to win them over with this entire strong, strict list of rules of what they have to do and not do. That doesn't work too well. My generation, that's why my show is a little bit more unique as conservative talk radio being on the younger flavor of generation because I'm trying to win them back over. I'm trying to make them realize that while they may work at a tattoo parlor with tattoos all the way up their neck and a big gauge earring, that they don't want to be told what to do. They don't want the government telling them what to do. Guess what? Your home is in the conservative movement. Your home is in the Republican Party because we are, or at least we should be advocating for conservative, limited government, free values for that person to live their life how they want to as long as they don't infringe upon somebody else. That's my goal on this show, and I think we do a damn good job of that. We're back at it again tomorrow. Until then, everybody, have a great day. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Be that catalyst for change in your own community. We'll see you on the radio.